Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob, Casey's here, and Casey, it's time for us to get an update on something we have spent a lot of time covering, and now there are a lot of moving parts in communities, it appears, all across the state of Indiana, and that is special needs students Mm -hmm. and how allegations of abuse are popping up, it seems, all over the place, and what action even is being taken by our government now to ensure that these special needs students are protected. Yeah, we need to speak with some attorneys who've been working with the family of that special needs child who was forced to eat his own vomit in the Brownsburg School District, actually a story that you broke, Rob Kendall. So, uh, Let's get an update on what's going on in that situation. Yeah, not only will we get an update on what's going on in Brownsburg, now there are more allegations across the state of India. This is a huge deal, and let's bring our friends Catherine, My- uh, Catherine Michael and Tammy Meyer, attorneys who are representing uh, the family in Brownsburg. Uh, Catherine, Tammy, uh, we'll start with you, we'll start with you, Catherine. Before we get to the these new allegations that you guys are pursuing, can you kind of give us an update on what's been going on in regards to that lawsuit with the special needs student in Brownsburg? Well, right now we're looking at that. That investigation is still open. So the police are still investigating. They're still looking. Were there other incidents of abuse? What do we have in its entirety? Uh, So right now we're looking at the criminal prosecution of all of those individuals. Uh, Nobody has yet entered a plea agreement. No one's had a trial. Uh, So Tammy and I are really in a waiting period uh, while that investigation expands. How long does Uh, it... Go ahead. How long does an investigation typically take in a situation like this? It can take between two weeks and two years. Mm. Um, and, and when the police are looking, you know, they're looking through emails, they're looking through data, they're looking to see, do we have other witnesses who haven't come forward? And that's one of the things we talked about last time we were on, is there's a lot of fear when you're a mandatory reporter if you didn't report. And uh, because that is you can be criminally prosecuted. So it's often very difficult to get witnesses to come forward who saw other incidents of abuse. Okay, so let's talk about the mandatory reporter, by the way, if you're just joining us, uh, Catherine Michael, Tammy Meyer. uh, They are attorneys representing the uh, special needs student in Brownsburg who was forced to eat his own vomit. When you talk about a mandatory reporter, I think that's important because I know you guys are having conversations with lawmakers. There have been some changes in state law, some more proposed changes to state law. What is a mandatory reporter and why is this at the center of what we're talking about here? So a mandatory reporter is somebody who uh, has witnessed abuse, who is a social worker, a teacher, a physician, a therapist. If you see or know of child abuse, you have an absolute duty under the law to report that to the Department of Child Services. And if you fail to report it, you can be criminally charged. Mm. And that's one thing that they've done in Brownsburg is all five um, individuals who they absolutely know saw it. Um, they charged. The, in, the interesting information about this law is that it actually says if you know of it. So that would mean that if somebody goes and tells another teacher, hey, I saw abuse. I don't know what to do. That other teacher, even though they didn't directly see it, now has reason to suspect that abuse took place. 
and they've become a mandatory reporter too. So that's why these investigations can start to take a while because I, I think that you want to make sure that not only are you getting everybody training, but that you're getting the full story of who knew what and when. Uh, Catherine, Michael, Tammy, Meyer, our, our guests, we're talking about this uh, right now. We're talking about the, the update on the special needs student forced to eat his own vomit in Brownsburg. So so question, follow-up question on, on this. It, we have had uh, uh, Kristen Ferklick, who's a Brownsburg resident, who's done all these public records requests, and she's had a lot of frustration with what she can't get from Brownsburg police. Is that part of it? The Brownsburg police can't really say this, but without saying it, they kind of are saying it. Look, we're looking at more people, and this is part of this is why we still consider the investigation ongoing, even though people have been charged. We think there could be more people who didn't follow the law in terms of this mandatory uh, reporting requirement. I think that's exactly, yeah, I think that's exactly what's happening. Uh, And and thankfully it's happening because they're taking their time and and hopefully doing a diligent uh, job on this because um, it's it's very hard to believe there would just be this one one incident. So you're saying with this mandatory reporting, it's almost like a game of telephone. This could go pretty far into the administrator or the staff there at the school. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, Catherine, Michael, Tammy, Meyer are our guests. Uh, let's. So you guys are going to be back in a little bit, a couple weeks with us to give us kind of maybe some more firm updates on what we've got going on in the in the Brownsburg case. Maybe some some new information, and, and we'll look forward to hearing that. But let's talk about how this is now an issue, not just it appears uh, isolated to Brownsburg. There may be more incidents like this, similar to this, across the state of Indiana. You guys now have another lawsuit. Tell us about that. Well, Rob, we actually have multiple lawsuits all over the state um, involving what, what Tammy and I would, I think, you know, really title the indifference and lack of enforcement of most of the laws in our state as they concern schools. Uh, so one, uh, one of the new ones that Tammy and I have, and when I say new, newer, um, it involves a, a young man who was in fifth grade with autism who attempted to commit suicide. Um, he, was, he was quite nearly successful. And uh, his parents found him hanging in the closet. He had stopped breathing. Thankfully, his uh, father as a medical provider was able to administer CPR. Um, he was hospitalized. Um, and when we start to look back at his records, his parents had gone to the school day after day after day, uh, really saying, our, our child is being bullied. The mom had been attending IEP meetings saying, there's a problem. He's coming home. He's upset. And what we start to see is school districts, instead of saying, we're going to make changes, saying, ah, well, you know, did he antagonize somebody or kids with autism can't necessarily read social skills. Um, so we're seeing school districts all over the state. And this goes to sort of, again, the widespread problem. And Tammy, I'll let you jump in on that. But we've got a widespread problem of lack of enforcement. For instance, Rob, one of the, the laws in our state already is that if you have any incidents of physical abuse, verbal bullying, um, anything that would count as bullying, okay? So one kid pushes another kid into a locker. One kid calls another kid a a, a mean name. Theoretically, schools are supposed to be tracking that so that they can put better things in place. We have between 50 and 60% of our school corporations, big ones too, reporting that they've not had a single incident of one child saying something mean to another in an entire school year. 
Um, and the uh, IDOE, which is our Indiana Department of Education, is supposed to be looking at this and auditing school districts and saying, you know, what do we need to do? Since that law went into effect in 2018, there's not been a single audit. Uh, so nobody is looking at that. So, 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 Tammy, I guess my question would be, in Casey, maybe you feel the same. Look, kids are going to be kids, right? Kids are occasionally going to say mean things to each other. There has to be a line between what is just kids being kids and, as you're talking about, these very serious incidences of, of bullying and intimidation. Is that part of the struggle is how do we you know, kind of delineate the difference here? Because we obviously don't want things like what are happening in Brownsburg, don't want things that are happening like you're talking about up, up in Montezuma. So how do we, how do we separate those? Yeah, it's, it is difficult, and, and I think that's what um, we see in a lot of these bullying cases is that's what the, the school teachers and the principals are saying. Oh, it's just the boys will be boys, kids will be kids. Um, they, they didn't mean anything by it. Or tough up. Um, you're, you're being, you know, too soft. Mm-hmm. So it's um, that's what we're seeing the schools say in response to these cases, and it's just not right. Um, children that are 8, 11, 12 years old, and they've been pushed to the point that um, to kill themselves is the only option, that's very sad. And that's more than children being children. Mm-hmm. That is bullying. Now, did you find that in this case that you're talking about that the parents were notified because we've got this new uh, House Bill 1483, the anti-bullying bill. Did the school follow the procedures and speak with the parents in the time that they were supposed to? Well, yeah, the answer to that is absolutely no. Now, that law, the new one, goes into effect in just next week. So Mm -hmm. that law wasn't in effect at the time. But but what we can tell you is, and, and, you know, again, I'll let, let Tammy jump in a little bit, but that the parents are the ones that we typically see going to schools, not schools coming to parents and saying, hey, we've noticed something. How can we help? Um, because, Tammy, this is not our, our first bullying case. And that's why I think at this point we're trying to say the legislature is passing law after law after law. What Tammy and I are seeing is that there's no enforcement whatsoever of these laws. Right. I mean, we're looking at a, a true lack of accountability. And, and frankly, I mean, legal accountability for our schools is going to be the catalyst that we actually see for real change. But right now, we're just not seeing it. So as, as Catherine said, it's got to start at the top down. So you can have great laws and guidelines and these annual reports that the Department of Education is asking for. Um, but if you aren't enforcing these laws and you aren't holding the schools accountable, uh, they don't do a lot of good. So would you say that the schools across the state are ill-prepared to execute this law when it becomes official next week? Well, they've certainly had plenty of time, uh, I think, to figure out how to execute it. And, of course, many schools right now are out for for the summer, but I would hope um, that the schools had been putting into place um, what the legislature is calling for and that they're developing policies and procedures. And uh, we've even seen some school districts starting to develop uh, online reporting for the bullying. So some are taking steps. Um, we'll, we'll see if there's any difference this time next year mm-hmm. in the reporting uh, and in the enforcement. 
Catherine Michael, Tammy Meyer, they are the attorneys for the special needs student in Brownsburg uh, who's forced to eat his own vomit and uh, just really doing some great work trying to hold school districts accountable across the state. We'll look forward to having you guys back in a couple weeks to get an update on uh, what's going on in the Brownsburg case. Maybe you can have some more info for us then. Uh, In the meantime, keep up the great work. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Rod. Thanks for having us. Thanks. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. He's an author, he's a broadcaster, he's a provocateur, the one and only Abdullah Kim Shabazz. How are you, my friend? Well, after a fun day in court this morning, not bad. Did you win? For the most part, yeah. Well. He did say it was a fun day. For the, <laughs> I won for the most part. As long as I get paid, it's a fun day. Oh, yes. That's, it's always winning if you're getting paid, right? Spoken like a lawyer. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. All right, so let's talk about the big news that came out the other day, and that was Holcomb said he is not running for U.S. Senate. We had talked last week that there was this poll out that put Holcomb up against uh, Jim Banks in a Senate primary. It showed he was winning. He shut that down pretty fast. Yeah, he said he wasn't running uh, for uh, any other public office, which doesn't surprise me uh, at all. Uh, knowing how the governor has been in politics for almost to like 20, 25, 30 years, it's probably time to go do something Oh, else. but you act like it's some sort of chore for him. He, he He's not getting a real job somewhere. He loves this. He needs this. Well, well the word on the street, uh, what, what, I, what I keep hearing through my very reliable rumor mills, is that uh, Holcomb, after he leaves the governor's office, may go work for the IHSA. Oh, would be would he be like the commissioner or yeah. the... Because uh, he loves high school sports. Oh, and, yes, and of all course. That, so. Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't go like run something where he had to produce a profit or anything like that because, well, then that well, would be accountability. I would, I would argue he did it with the state of Indiana. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is taking by force. Yes, how noble of him. The well, other thing that... No, got, no one's taking anything by force. There was no one there with a gun to your head. Hey, have you ever tried... Unless you're Hunter Biden, you have to pay your taxes. Exactly. The last time I checked, they don't well, give you an opt-out box on your tax. Well, so do several thousand other people, too. If you don't pay your taxes, then you go to jail. Yeah, right. So uh, the other thing that he has yet to do is he again went out of his way to not endorse Suzanne Crouch. And I'm doing some checking. Uh, hopefully I'll know something in a couple uh, weeks as to what the governor's rationale is. But then again, I can also see him not endorsing anybody, at least until the governor's race comes along in 2024. But he knows who's running by this point. I mean, maybe Curtis Hill gets in, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's not going to endorse Curtis Hill. No, I don't don't think that's going to happen. He knows who's running. I mean, I'm looking at this as an outsider going, how insulting to her because she's been a pretty loyal cheerleader. Or maybe they have an understanding. Like, okay. hey, I'll, just, I'll just endorse you later on. We is, just won't do anything right now. Okay, is, is that is that a possibility that, look, I know about 40% of the Republicans still like him, but let's face it, to a huge group of people, he's a complete toxin, as she maybe gone to him and said, thanks but no thanks until it's time to raise some, some funds after the primary. Or at least wait until next year. <clears throat> All right. So. Uh, go ahead, Casey. Well, Mike Pence, you know, uh, Eric Holcomb endorsed Mike Pence and Mike and, Pence and his and water is wet. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and well, in the press release, though, it said that it is the biggest Republican endorsement that Mike Pence has received so far. Do you think that Suzanne Crouch views an endorsement from Eric Holcomb in the same light that it would be a huge feather in her cap? 
I, I think it would in a sense, particularly for those like those 40, 45% of Republicans who are sort of the quote-unquote establishment class. But, but with that said, with Mike, as a little bit of a different creature as opposed to Suzanne, because although the, although the presidential and the gubernatorial race aren't until 2024, with Mike with the first Republican debate coming up in, what, a couple of weeks yeah. and some change, you need as many endorsements, as many stuff as you could possibly get your hands on. Uh, Abdul joining us here in the, uh, on the Kendall and Casey show. Are you surprised uh, we are, I mean, we are, what is this? We're almost to July, and yet other than a few kind of bizarre policy proposals from Doden, which is teachers don't pay taxes and the state of Indiana should take over downtown Indianapolis, there's no big idea yet from any of these people. Well, there, there doesn't really need to be, because right now you need to be you know, getting your name out there and raising money. That's what you do right now. Right now. But they're not grabbing in any media. Like, let's say Braun came out and said, I well, am proposing. Take, take it back. Uh, Eric Doden actually did get some media with his proposal to uh, have state police basically take over over downtown. Right. I mean, that's such a, a ridiculous squirrel yeah. policy that I don't, I just don't understand. You would think they would say, okay, we can grab some media, we can grab some attention, we've kind of got the lane to ourselves. Let's come out with some big policy proposal, and none of them seem to be willing to do that. Well, I argue they will, but it's just really early right now, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't start doing that, doing doing anything big policy-wise until after the mayor's races in November. Uh, Abdul joins us. Uh, let's talk about this right, no right turn on red real quick. <laughs> so the state of Indiana passed a law. Why did they do that? Were they just mad because the lawmakers have to drive down here and they said, well, screw that. We think that's stupid. No, that was Aaron Freeman and the city county council. Oh. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a fight grudge between... But the, so the state passed a law banning the city of Indianapolis. Well, it, for... was, it was an amendment to a bill is what it was. It's a law, right? Yeah. It's a law now that the the city of Indianapolis it'll officially be a law July first cannot on certain places put a no right turn on red sign up correct yeah and do we know why they did that I mean what what does Aaron Freeman care about what the the logic and rationale is is that when people make right turns on red they're not paying attention then it hits people and other people get hurt and injured there's only been like about a dozen or so in the, in the past few years so the council basically said hey we need for public safety. We need to make sure that you can't turn right on red and turn in, in the in the mile square. I'm, I understand Air, that, but I'm Air trying. Freeman, to... Air Freeman was like, "This is stupid. Why are you guys doing this? I'll show you." So the city of Indianapolis now, as you said, has defied the law and they have passed the ordinance that does ban the right turn on red. So what happens now? Well, the city of Indianapolis, they will argue that they didn't. They're not running against the law because law hasn't gone into effect yet because they'll argue the law doesn't go into effect until july 1st so yes. we're going to try to grandfather as many no right turns on red as we possibly can oh so their argument legally is if we do it before your law starts then then it's okay uh does that gonna hold you're a man of the law is that gonna hold weight in court It'll just make the Supreme Court's job that much more fun. Is that, and that would be the Indiana Supreme <laughs> yeah, Court. Exactly. All right. Abdul joins us. Uh, Kendall and Casey show, 93 WIBC. Go ahead, Casey. So, Abdul, I've noticed lately that Eric Doden has been more active on his Twitter account. He put out something about uh, see you at the Adams County Republican Party Ronald Reagan ice cream social. <laughs> boy, <laughs> boy, doesn't that uh-huh. reek of excitement? Well, you mentioned But that. it's not coming up until July. Other than that, he's kind of been MIA and is that the right path for him he's well, a non-political guy kind of a newcomer to the scene shouldn't he be much more active than this well he, he's a political guy because he's be the head of the IEDC under uh, Mike Pence so he, he that's he, how he has all the rich friends Casey so they're giving so, him all the money that he's bragging so, so, about 
So, so it's not like he's not in politics. I mean, he's been in politics for yeah, a while. Yeah, but the average Hoosier doesn't know who he is, though. No, but I also argue the average Hoosier probably doesn't know who Suzanne Crouch is or who Mike Braun is. Because, once again, it's July, it's June, July of the year before the election. Trust me, after the, after the mayor's race is over, you'll start... You'll wish these guys were gone. Now, why Why are you saying after the mayor's race? Because that's where all the folks and all the attention is right now in all the mayor's races here in Indiana because it's a it's an election year for local government, mayor, city councils, that sort of thing. So after the mayor's race is over in November, you'll see a lot more of Suzanne, a lot more of Eric, and a lot more of Mike. Why is that? They don't want to share the attention, the spotlight? Uh, it's, just, it's kind of political courtesy. Just gets it all watered <laughs> down? It's sort of political courtesy. You just don't... You don't you don't rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I may quote the Joker from the original Batman movie. And with that, uh, we'll ask you what's coming up this Saturday on Abdul at Large. Actually, I have an uh, hour-long conversation with Andy Horning. Oh, and he is the libertarian running for U.S. Senate next year. Is that correct? Yeah. Andy has not run for the Senate in almost uh, 10 years. He ran it uh, back in 2012. So we talked about the debt ceiling, talked about our political culture, and talked about lots of things. The one and only Abdul keeps you buzz. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Now in the street there is violence. They issued an apology, and we're going to talk about it. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is 1135. So the Hamilton County chapter of Moms for Liberty, which is a national organization, they apologized yesterday morning for something they said in their newsletter, the Parent Brigade. It featured a quote from Adolf Hitler on the front cover. Should I read the quote? Can I do that? Yeah, you should read the quote. I don't want to be associated with it, uh, but (laughs) here it is. This is all, no, time out. This is how ridiculous all of this is. And this is what the left does in the mind ninja tricks that they put on people. You're reporting a news story. Mm -hmm. It is part of the news story. And they've got you so worried that you're like, should I even read this quote? Because I might be associated with Hitler. Okay, well, here's the quote. He alone who owns the youth gains the future. Now, this to me is a uh, hands off our kids. That's wait, what wait it means. By, by, the way, by the way, we should introduce our guest. Tony Kennett is yeah. here. Oh, Hello. Yeah, Hi, Tony. How are you? I'm fantastic Tony- and, and pissed. Uh, yeah, you're f- filling in for... Um- cats today right absolutely a fun dumpster fire plan today uh yes absolutely and i think ethan will be with your, you as well and by the way before we get into this congratulations we are now both in the got kicked out of a meeting for absolutely yes, no reason Club. yes well thank you for joining i of course got kicked out of the south madison uh school board meeting after i had the audacity to ask a question from the press pit at the end of the meeting yes you of course kicked out of a town council <laughs> meeting for uh, asking questions about how the agenda is made you yes. evil horrible sick twisted man you you're both lucky that I have cash on hand in case you need bail money. <laughs> now, with you, the cop was very supportive of me because, well, I mean, I was on the town council when this guy was a police officer. The police chief was there. He was also very supportive. They were telling me, they're like, dude, just go back in at the end of the meeting. We're not throwing you out. We're not arresting you, certainly, by any stretch. And you can speak at the end. Just go up and get him then. Now, they didn't use get him then, but that's basically what they were saying. This is a waste of our time. How were the police with you when you were escorted? Incredibly out? apologetic. They hated to have to do that. They, they literally, the guy didn't, he's like, I'm not going to arrest you. He's like, but you do like have to, to leave. And he walked me out of the building. And then as soon as he was out of the building, he called the school board members some interesting vocabulary words. Uh, I feel so bad for these police officers. Cause, like, I know these two police officers, and I know they're sitting there going, 
we have to take orders from this buffoon, yeah, Travis no one, no one actually looks at Mike Hanna at the Pendleton School Board, his big gaudy <laughs> pink sweater and his high-pitched voice and his lack of experience or intelligence and goes, yeah, that's a guy I need to follow. Yeah, anyway, so I didn't mean to get off. I'm just glad yeah, we're in the, in, in, the, in the club together. So, all right, tell us about this Moms for Liberty, who they are, and what happened. Okay, so Moms for Liberty is a parental rights organization whose goal is to make sure that parents have the maximum amount of rights and the government has the least amount of control over your kids. Great, love it. Yeah, so this quote from Hitler is uh, a quote in which Hitler was telling his people that all he has to do is influence the next generation and they will stop believing in the values of their parents and they will start believing in the Third Reich and fascism. That is what he said very overtly. That's what his propaganda minister repeated time and time again. So, So what he's saying is if you get them when they're young... They will believe what they learn when they're young, and it will take an entire generation to undo, if mm-hmm. ever, what we have taught them because they learned it when they were young. Now, does that sound like a quote that's praising Hitler? If I were to, to say that, you know, he who owns the child right. gains the future. If I, if I was to make that quote, would that sound like I was perhaps admiring Adolf Hitler or something? No, that, that's a quote that, by the way, for the last 50 years has been cited by individuals as a warning against statism, as a warning against the overreach of government. Margaret Thatcher quoted it for God's sake. Now, here we okay, so here we go. Game on, because mm-hmm. obviously, I don't know if you know this, my daughter's middle name is Thatcher for Margaret Thatcher. Excellent choice. One of the great women leaders in world history. Uh, okay, so this is my question. We talked about this in the break. If you're going to do it, bold move, like it, because of what you're saying it actually was about and for, if indeed it was, which it appears it was, but you have to know, if you put the Hitler quote on the thing, the left is going to come at you, so you can't apologize. The worst thing they could have done was apologize. And why did they apologize? Because the Indianapolis star, this little intern that they have, who's been literally caught lying repeatedly, she writes this little quick story out and goes, they quoted Hitler. Oh my God, they quoted Hitler. Obviously suggesting that because they quoted him and because the Southern Poverty Law Center labeled them an extremist group, they're suggesting they're praising Hitler. Of course, anyone with a fourth grade education knows that's not the case. But again, this intern doesn't really have above a fourth grade education. But then why give in? This is what Casey and I talk about this all the time. Mm -hmm. Unless you are actually sorry, which clearly they're not. That was what they were doing. They were putting it up there for the reasons you've said. Why would this Moms for Liberty group give them what they want? Because you made a great point. Now the people in the crazy land who have been demanding an apology will say from the time they demanded until you apologized, every criticism they had of you is valid. Right. The only time you should apologize is when you have done something wrong that your actions caused. For example, Representative Jim Lucas, drunk driving, that deserves an apology and also a resignation. But aside (laughs) from that, you should never apologize for how someone takes something. You're not in control of that. They did not do anything wrong, but they were criticized from everyone from State Senator, brave man Jay A.D. Ford Mm -hmm. to the mayoral candidate of Carmel. Oh, God, it's just horrible. How could you quote Hitler? Oh, God. And they now believe that because the Moms for Liberty chapter said we should never have put that quote up, that all of the criticisms that said they were praising Hitler are correct. So when you apologize, you shoot yourself in the foot. Never apologize for how someone else takes something. You're not in charge. It's not your fault that they're stupid and they can't read. It's it's not your fault. Okay, so Jennifer McCormick came out and she denounced it. She said there's no place. Yeah, she said there's no place for hate speech or for organizations who use it in Indiana or elsewhere. Now, is it hate speech? Okay, so let's talk about that. Is it hate speech? All right. If I'm cracking open my Pearson history textbook and they include a quote by Adolf Hitler, is that hate speech? 
No. Here's why. What is the intent of the quote? Is the intent of the quote to praise Hitler? Are they saying Hitler says we should own kids? Let's own the children collectively. No, that's what the organization stands against. And given that I have like 15 recordings of them saying that repeatedly in multiple chapters over the last three years, I'd say probably not praising Hitler. Is why, condemning, then why, then why, is condemning then why do they give in? This is my, and this is what I don't understand. Why would they give in? Because they have people over there who have to know the same pattern of thinking we're talking about right now, and they are enabling and, embol- and emboldening these lunatic people to keep calling the shots. There are two reasons that they gave in. Number one, it is scary when you start getting a ton of death threats, and it looks like in the first couple of hours when the entire national media, when Jezebel and Forbes and Esqueer, which is a stupid publication, and a lot of other national organizations are dogpiling you, it's easy to get scared and spooked and think, well, I can make this go away with an apology. No, that's not how that works. The second reason that they caved in is because they are not experienced in PR. This is a message to all of you out there who are involved in politics. You need to contact an expert when crap hits the fan. And those of you out there that try to go it alone and think you can just handle it because you know how this works, you don't. I'm someone who gets social media. I understand the political spectrum. There are hundreds of organizations who deal with this crap from the left every day. When you go it alone, you will shoot yourself in the foot. Go go ahead, Casey. No. Not only did they issue an apology, they actually deleted the newsletter that had that context. So it's they like double added whammy. They a second newsletter yeah. after the Indy Star started, you know, PMSing. And they immediately, <laughs> t- just the honest fact, she flipped her lid like it was just, <laughs> there you go. So as soon as the Indy Star lost their marbles, they, they posted another newsletter that had a little bar of context that said, obviously, you cretins, mm-hmm. we're not praising Hitler. This is what the left does when they say they collectively own your children. And they are trying to tear them from your home. Here's the thing, though. And I heard this from somebody who has a very famous podcast years ago. And he said, if I just go sit under a tree and close my phone and my computer, none of you people exist. Mm -hmm. And that has always stood with me when people on social media come at me or pile on me. The only person who can cancel me in this building, Casey, is David Wood, our boss, right? Like, he is the only person who, if he says, you need to apologize or you're done, Mm -hmm. that, that would be it, right? These people on social media... They don't matter. And this they is, don't matter, and yet they get all of this power, and I don't get it. And then you have individuals like Senator J.D. Ford who said, mm-hmm. America lost thousands of veterans in a war against this man and what he stood for. Again, quote was not praising Hitler at all. And when he says this, he's a liar, and he's a drama queen. It's what you get. I'm looking forward to hearing you with Ethan coming up at noon. But first, yes. when we come back, Susan Beckwith. Mind your manners. Susan is going to tell us all the inappropriate questions you Rude. shouldn't ask other people. Rude. You listen up, you two. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Electric Avenue. And the ticket higher. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's time to mind your manners with Susan Beckwith. Oh, 
yes, you people are completely out of control and you totally need <laughs> you totally need refreshers on how to enter decent society as we enter the weekend. And as you know, Casey, that's what we do every Friday to wrap up the week is we bring in our former Miss Indiana, Susan mm-hmm. Beckwith, runs the very fabulous Bell of the Midwest website to teach people how to be more decent members of society. Yes, we're going to mind our manners. And I love today's topic because, again, I think I'm guilty of this. Rude questions people ask. <laughs> Susan was so fired up about this. We do bring Susan in now on the drivehubler.com hotline. All right, Susan, the floor is yours. I'm just going to let you start and we'll see where it goes. What is one rude question people ask that they absolutely should not be asking others? When are you going to have a baby? (laughs) That one, oh my goodness, it strikes so close to home. And uh, I received that question numerous times. I will never forget, I was in an elevator and somebody asked me and they were like, well, you better hurry up. So it was indicating that I was, you know, time was passing and that, you know, we needed to really get on it. But what was terrible about that situation is I just kind of chuckled it off and, you know, I didn't want to make it awkward, but we had been trying crying for two years at that point in time and nobody knew and I was we were struggling and so I would just advise that that actually is a really intrusive question so when are you going to have a baby is one that I would love to bring more awareness about that you should really pause before asking that one. Okay, Susan, now I'm going to jump right off of that one and go a little further. I was recently with my niece who had a baby, which makes me a great aunt, if you can believe Uh that. I know. And it happened... You old lady, you old! You're you're mispronouncing (laughs) MILF. But... um, And I should know this more than anyone because I have one child. I was unable to have more. And people would ask me this question all the time. When are you going to have more or are you going to have more? And I did it to my niece as I was holding her baby. And I said, are you going to have more? And then I looked at her and went, oh, well, that was a really rude question. I probably shouldn't have asked that. I'm so sorry. That's a little personal. And she was okay with it. And she gave me her answer. But is the are you going to have more question rude yes and right along the same lines I mean but you handled it beautifully because you acknowledged oh sorry if you don't want to answer that you don't have to and you you caught yourself which is so good but Yes. On the flip side, I think that people that have a very large family also get, you know, why do you have so many? When are you going to stop? (laughs) Yes, exactly. So I think, and it's so funny because as I was reviewing today on some of the ones that I'm like, these are really basic, but I'm like, I have experienced almost all of these. So I feel (laughs) like it's worth, you know, just mentioning that, hey, uh, you know, there's, there's more to it sometimes. So, but you did, you did a good job in recognizing like, oh, she may not want to answer that or that's really personal. Uh, Susan Beck with us, our guest. It's our Mind Your Manners segment. Today's topic, rude questions you should not ask other people. Okay, don't ask people when they're having a baby or if they're having more kids. What's next, Susan? Okay, so this is more of a comment, and I have a family member that I feel like I get this one often, and it's always like, oh, thanks, but you look tired. Oh, yes. Thank yes. you. Hmm. So I think their intentions are to show concern and care, uh, but you're signaling that something with their physical appearance is you know, either not attractive that day or a little lackluster. So if you are <laughs> concerned about them, a, a better way to say it is you seem tired. <laughs> mm. 
You seem tired. Casey, you seem tired. Oh, Rob, I am tired. <laughs> and I look tired. I, I like, uh, if you get that, though, and you want to be a little snarky, you can say, well, the plague will do that to you. So. <laughs> oh, hey, so come give me a kiss. <laughs> uh, Susan, back with our guest. It's our Mind Your Manners segment. Uh, we're discussing questions that are rude and you should not ask other people in polite society. What's next? Oh, I just got this one. I happened to be in a training, and it was my birthday. And this gentleman, it was his birthday as well. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, today it's my 40th birthday. And he said, oh, it's my 30th. And I said, oh, that's amazing. And he goes, well, you look really good for your age. For your age, (laughs) yes. That's the backhanded compliment, isn't it? You look really good for your age. Yes. Why do you qualify it? So that one is uh, another one that I thought, you know what, let's bring some discussion because that is actually rude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it's not saying that you look really good. It's the for your age. <laughs> yes. Yes. That qualifying <laughs> statement right on the end there. Uh-huh. Whoops. <laughs> Tony Katz said that to me recently. Rude. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> in this segment and say uh, that's the this is my way of just reminding and educating you, Tony. <laughs> See, Casey, this is why I told you years ago I stopped noticing people's appearances. Right, exactly, exactly. I, I, Everyone's well-preserved, yeah, and that's it. Absolutely. All right, Susan, we want to give you time to promote the Bell of the, the Bell of Midwest website, but before that, do, we, do you have another one, another rude question to send <laughs> us out on? Well, this one I, I would love, and maybe we'll even have some listeners call in and, and can share their thoughts on it, but this one I'm torn about, but some people perceive how old are you oh. is a rude question. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't mind getting that one because I have no problem with the age that I am, but for some people, that's a sensitive topic, and sometimes women in particular. Uh, so I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think that's a rude question? Casey, how about you first? I think that uh, it's a need-to-know basis. And actually, that was the lead-up question from Tony Katz. How old are you? Which led to, you oh, look good for your age. Okay, okay so, so Susan, <laughs> is it rude to ask a woman her age? You know, I, it, I, I don't mind receiving that question. And I think if you're concerned about it being rude... You could say, may I ask? So then if they'd say, well, you know, I'd have to kill you. <laughs> mm-hmm. or something where they could have some way of responding where it's like a, a non-answer. And I had a friend that I thought this was really brilliant. She would always just say the year she was born. And most people can't, can't do the math. <laughs> Perfect. So so is it, ju- is it just for women or is it rude? Because I've never heard, oh, you shouldn't ask a man his age. I feel like women are more sensitive about it, and I think that has a lot to do with our culture, unfortunately, and just the emphasis they put on aging. And, and that's why, for me personally, I, I, I'm really excited about turning 40, and I don't want to, you know, feel like that's anything that to be ashamed of and, you know... It beats the alternative. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're supposed to have more birthdays. That's the goal, after all. Yes. I feel like the how old are you goes along with the how much do you weigh. You don't ever ask a woman that. No weights, right. no dates. 
Yes. And I, I you know what, uh, I'll, we'll like really briefly touch on my website, but I, I just learned and I feel like hopefully this will be an encouragement made maybe to a lady or a gentleman that's listening today. And, you know, they're in a, a, a later chapter in their life. You know what? Um, for every season, you can accomplish great things. And I had no idea. I don't know if you did, but about Tina Turner, she really didn't hit like her stardom until 50, which mm-hmm. I, I just thought that was amazing. Her first big single was when she was 44. So, uh, yeah. You're never too old to pursue a dream. Uh, Okay, Susan, tell us about the very fabulous website, Bell of the Midwest. Yeah, it's a great place to get in touch with me. Um, it's uh, We cover social etiquette, social graces. I also love to talk about tea etiquette. Uh, so if there's an event that you'd love for me to join you, reach out, and uh, I'd love to hear from you. And does Micah come with you to the events, or can we request he not show up? <laughs> <laughs> no, he does not generally come with me to, to those. He's usually holding it down with the kids. So, Susan, back with you are the best. Thank you. You guys have a great day. Yeah, you too. She always puts us in a good mood going out on a Friday. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And thank you for listening. Have a wonderful weekend, and we'll see you back here on Monday. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.